Welcome to part two of our conversation with Cindy Sharkey, where we talk about sex, baby. (laughs) In the previous episode, we discussed sex during pregnancy. And if you haven't heard that one, I highly recommend listening to that episode as it'll be a really great place to begin. However, this conversation in many ways is almost a little more important. So make sure you come back if you decide to jump back over there. In today's episode, we are honing in on sex in postpartum. You know, that fourth trimester is truly that, a fourth trimester, and should be treated as such. Even though you may get the green light after some six-week mark, Cindy discusses how that really is a societal change that we all need to make because it's sending the wrong message to new mamas. As an RN who's been a healthcare professional for over 35 years and the host of the podcast Permission for Pleasure, she tells us the reality of what to expect, both physically and emotionally, during postpartum. She gives us some amazing tips to start easing into intimacy when you're ready and what to do if things don't quite seem right. You are listening to the Mamas in Training podcast giving aspiring and expecting first-time mamas guidance and community from moms who have been there. I'm Jessica Lorian, your host and a mama in training myself. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey, so while I heal, I've decided to learn right alongside you all about motherhood. Today we're here to set the record straight when it comes to sex postpartum and to let you know that you are not alone. If you are nervous, anxious, not in the mood, don't know how to communicate with your partner, everything feels strange, we got you. By the end of this episode, you'll feel comfort to know that you have the tools to communicate all of your desires and needs when it comes to sex. And now, here's Cindy. We call it the fourth trimester. Because listen, friends, it's a whole thing. This is not a six week and everything's going to be, I don't know what it's going to be. That's not a mandate. That's a, that's a recommendation. So whatever you've heard about six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12, this is just a, a, a basic recommendation to allow your body some healing time. So whatever you've heard about that piece, let's just put that out there first, because your body has carried and birthed a human, a whole human. (laughs) and now you are navigating learning how to be a parent and heal and you're not sleeping there's just there's so much going on in the postpartum period I I just feel like we have done such a disservice in this country to parents it is it could be done so much better so Mm -hmm. try to think about it as a whole nother trimester at least which means another three months, at least, of transition and change and healing and reorganizing your life. And your body is going through the ups and downs and changes to come back to its pre-pregnant self. Yeah. And if you're nursing, breastfeeding a baby, there's that on top of it. If you're not, then it's still feeding the baby how many times a day it's it's just a lot going on I think we have high expectations of mamas and I just in a lot of ways it grieves me 
it grieves me that we don't show mamas more grace. So they learn to show themselves more grace. Or push themselves to the point of discomfort. In episode um, 71, we talk all about the pelvic floor with uh, Kim Vopney and Kate Roddy. And I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes because it was eye-opening for me. Absolutely amazing. But Kate Roddy made a really cool connection here, which is, is important to just touch on. You know, oftentimes if any one of us is going to have knee surgery, say someone tears their ACL, that knee surgery takes you out and I don't know what the recovery period is, but it's a pretty good amount of time. And you cannot tell me that six weeks after an ACL surgery or any type of knee surgery, you would ever get a recommendation from a doctor to go run a marathon. And Kate Roddy says, that's no different than going ahead and giving birth, whether it's vaginally or through a C-section, and then expecting to be able to dive into normal sex before then. That's the equivalent of your marathon. And I think, yeah, it's like this, this mindset shift that we need to have. And so I think that this would go back to what you were talking about with, with sex during pregnancy. It's like, is it a reshifting again? of our mindset and what really sex and pleasure is about, that it's more than just intercourse? Well, exactly that. But I just can't go, come away from, I hope you have more pelvic PT people on your show as you move forward, because I honestly feel like every new mama, no matter which way she birthed, if, if you carried a whole human and birthed the human, I, I feel like you should have a pelvic floor evaluation. I do. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Yeah. So... If, if you have issues that you feel like are not, not okay, if you have, certainly if you have painful sex or if you have leaking of urine or if you have, you know, it, you feel like things are falling out. I'm trying to use the words women use or you feel mm -hmm. pressure or all the, anything like that that's not normal for you. And painful sex is not normal. And painful right? sex is <laughs> not normal. So... We'll come back to that one. But always seek help from your medical provider first. And they say nothing's wrong. Everything seems to be okay. Just relax. It'll be fine. Just have a glass of wine. Settle down. <laughs> try it again. This is, this is not okay. You ask for a pelvic floor physical therapy referral. And don't leave until you have it in your hand. Mm-hmm. And if they won't get you one, then start researching and find 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 one. Because contact me, I have two. Yes, I have someone I go. can connect you to. <laughs> Jessica will, will connect you. There are so many good pelvic floor therapists out there, and they are literally changing women's lives. Yeah, for the better. So I went off on my rant with that, but okay. But it's important. <laughs> it's important. It is, it's so important because things that you hear about so often, you start to think are normal. And just because they're common, you know, doesn't make them normal. Right. right. And we don't need to live with these things that are not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And painful sex is one of them. And granted, the studies show that women, probably nine and 10 women say they experience painful sex, even up to six months postpartum. Mm. So something is wrong if you're experiencing painful sex. I'm also going to link because a lot of the information that I've gotten and learned came from your blog post. So I'm going to link that in the show notes and afterwards everyone can check that out 
but it's it's so important to just know that and hear it and then I think it's making that shift like what are some other you mentioned before you know massage um cuddling these different ways that we Mm -hmm. can navigate with our partner and and not necessarily feel like how I guess the thing that kind of comes to my mind is like Sometimes in a relationship, I think there can be this feeling of like giving and taking, especially with sexuality, you know. So like if we're not physically feeling ready, mentally not feeling ready, I mean, there can be so many things. But how can we feel like we're still giving or how can we not feel like our partner's missing out on something? What a very good question, Jessica. (laughs) There is no way. (laughs) No, this is such a common concern of women in the that kind of language where it can be very it can be very detrimental if we move into kind of a duty sex mentality with this but i could see a lot of people potentially feeling that way and almost feeling like if i don't do this my partner is going to leave me mm. and then mm. i have a newborn and i don't have a partner you know like And I could see them pressuring themselves into something and then the painful sex does come and they just suck it up and they don't say anything. And And this happens all the time. Yeah. That's why I'm so glad you're bringing it up. This happens all the time. And what happens, there's so many, you know, so many threads to this, but when we engage and especially you're you're describing intercourse pretty much so if when we describe you know when we engage in intercourse and it's painful so say you're postpartum you don't feel quite ready but you decide to do it and you have intercourse and it's painful what do you think your body's going to do the next time when it's expecting that pain Mm. yes it's going to tense up Mm-hmm. And then the tension alone can lead to pain. Right. And your body remembers. And your body remembers. Mm-hmm. And then this cycle goes on and on and on. That's one scenario. Let's take like lubrication, another scenario, big scenario, postpartum, especially for breastfeeding moms. Okay. Your lubrication mm-hmm. is your hormones are in the toilet. Okay. That's not a good way to say it. Your hormones have dumped <laughs> down. And a lot of people experience decreased lubrication at this stage. And maybe they never have in their life before. Maybe they always mm-hmm. just always had enough wetness themselves. They, that's just the way their body worked. So then they get to the postpartum stage and it's new for them. This is such a common scenario. Yeah. And they'll say, Cindy, so, like, I'm, I don't get wet. I'm like, you don't have the hormones to get wet right now. That's why you're not getting <laughs> wet. And they'll say, I, I, I don't understand. I, this has never happened to me. This is why we have lube. This is why we have good lube. This is why we use lube. I would I love, not. I love on your blog, one of the thing is like, use lube, more lube. Don't forget the lube. <laughs> so I true. mean, friends, this is, this is the perfect time to have, everybody should have lube on their, they call me the lube fairy, literally. Like everywhere <laughs> I go, I, I just drop off samples everywhere. Come on, everybody, let's try it. Because listen, there's going to be times in our lives where we need lube. There's some people who always want to use lube. Lube is your friend. <laughs> so especially in this stage, though, I'll, I'll get off that and kind of come back to this is a perfect time to make sure you have a lube on hand. Mm-hmm. Because 
with your hormones down and your tissues changing, that too much friction is going to cause micro tearing or pain. And yeah. that is that is not what we want in any time, any time, but it's not postpartum. Right. So you have so much healing already, whichever way you delivered. We don't want to be adding this in. But let me give you the little caveat, okay, because we keep talking about partners. If your partner says, well, are you not excited? You don't, I'm not, am I not doing something right? You're not, you don't seem to be getting lubricated like normal. Do you, do you hear this? They, they think it's about them. This is right. very normal, very normal for them to think that. This is why communication, again, is so important. You know, my hormones are shifting and changing. And my body is shifting and changing. And right now, it's it's not self-lubricating like it used to. It may it may never go back to the way it was. I don't know. But for right now, I want to be with you. And I want it to feel good. And yeah. I want us to experience pleasure together. And I think using lube might be a key to that. What do you think of that? Do you think we could try that? Yep. What kind yep. do you think would be fun for you? Do you want to pick it out together? <laughs> Yes, what a great way to reframe it. You know, have the conversation. Open mm -hmm. the conversation. One really cool tip that I saw that you mentioned, it's like something I think that no one would think about. The importance of switching mm. from new mama to essential woman. You know, it is such a big, it's such a big, I call, used to call them hats. It's like a hat chip shift, you know, it's like a hat change. It's really, really hard to go from, you know, full-time working person to lover, let me take you down on the floor. You know, it's also hard to go from mommy with a baby on me 24-7, no sleep, to switch that hat to lover, I want you, I have all the energy for you. <laughs> you know, this is, this is a hard pivot especially in the postpartum and early stages of motherhood. It just really is. And I really encourage women to recognize that, verbalize their need for that to their partner. I need a little switch time yeah. because I want to really be able to focus and pay attention this time. We Maybe you've set us up sometime to have mm -hmm. sex, whatever that looks like for you. But how much of a turn on is it if you say, I really, I'm looking forward to this time. I, I want to be really present and enjoy it. Could you help me make a, just a little pivot time for myself? I just mm -hmm. want to sit in the bath for 10 minutes and just, mm -hmm. or take a hot shower for 10 minutes. If you could just get the baby down and that would really help me. I'll meet you in bed in yeah. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. what, an hour, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you see when we frame it like that, it's helpful for yes. our partners to hear, this is what she needs and she still desires me and mm -hmm. our intimacy. Completely. But something that would be so easy to overlook, you know, mm. it's like, oh, the baby's down. Come on, let's go. You're like, No, just whatever that thing is for you to give yourself a moment to feel like you can, yeah, I love that. Take that hat off. Put this other hat on. And for some people, it's actually clothing. That helps them. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they either switch to a different outfit or they shower and just put a towel on. Or it, some people, it helps them to have a tangible 
Mm-hmm. Some people eat something specific. I mean, people have mm. all little tricks. I don't care what <laughs> it works for you, do it. They put their hair up different or they, whatever makes them feel like, here I am. Mm-hmm. Here's, here, here I am. This part of me that's, that's not mama right now. And we have to, I think, if I understand correctly, allow enough time at this point to feel that arousal, right? I mean, I know for the most part, I think many women tend to need a little bit more arousal time, but we might need a little bit more of that at this stage in the game postpartum. Is that accurate? I would say women, many women need more arousal, period, all the time. Yeah. So I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, going to be with yes. my hands and yes. going, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, women's, women's bodies are, we're just, a, our, the way our genitals are organized, you know, our clitoris is a whole, I'm going to just, can I just insert this because I please. can't not. Okay. Oh, please. So our clitoris is not just a little pleasure button. It's it's a whole network of tissue and it's, it's spread out. Please get on my website or check out a, a anatomical correct clitoris so you can see I'll attach a, the link to it to your website yeah just it's so there's so much to it and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of spread out and all underneath the surface it's like the tip of the iceberg is what you can see the glands right. or the head on the outside and all the rest is underneath and there is so much there mm. and it's so exciting you know it's <laughs> what I want to tell women people don't know they right. don't know their own anatomy and so this arousal piece is so important for women because it'll time time allows your blood flow to come to the area get into all those tissues that are spread out and be stimulated to get all the erectile tissue engaged. We have as much erectile tissue as a penis. It's just organized differently. Mm-hmm. So we want to engage all of that that's available. And we need time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not all just out in front like a penis. It's, it's tucked right. in and underneath. And it takes more time for the blood flow to all get there and spread out and get to all the erectile tissue. So take your time. And especially if we're in the postpartum phase and, and we're trying to really think about moving into intimacy, whether or not we have intercourse, this time is perfect for those things that maybe are outside the box, like a massage or like using different scents to, to, to think outside the box in that way. Yes, and to connect, mm-hmm. you know, connect your bodies and... And also, you know, allow yourself to be present with your mind. Your brain is your biggest sex organ. So it also, time also allows you to engage your brain with your senses and recognize what you're feeling and where the pleasure is and and enjoy it. And for many, many people, especially women, we experience responsive desire. So... If responsive desire means you experience some arousal and then you have a desire for sex rather than spontaneous desire, which is a majority of men, some women, Mm -hmm. where you see something, hear something, smell something, taste something, and you want to have sex like you see in the movies. Okay, but that is not the majority of women. The majority of women experience responsive desire. And I'd say in this postpartum period, it's especially true. 
you have to be aroused. Your body has to feel the pleasure. Everything starts to get turned on and you think, oh, I do like this. This is a good idea. Let's keep going. Exactly. I do like you. Oh, hi. (laughs) I don't care if my milk is spilling all over and spurting you in the face. We can laugh about that. Let's keep going. I mean, let's be real. You have to keep your sense of humor at this stage, too. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. That's such a good reminder. I mean, and that that leads me into kind of the, the other element that I wanted to mention is just the importance of the emotional side, you know, like, yeah, we started off this conversation talking about how your body's physically going to be different. There's going to be changes in your pelvic floor, but also, you know, you have a whole lot more on your plate. You have a whole lot other, you know, things going on and you're exhausted, like you mentioned and all these things. And so what would you say are, are just ways that we can really support our emotional side in addition to our physical side with, with diving into sex postpartum? Hmm. Mm. Or I shouldn't say that, diving into sexuality, diving into intimacy. I think what we talked about at the beginning, number one, is is recognizing your body and what she's done mm. and that she is changing and to really listen to what she's feeling, what she feels ready for and what she's not ready for. Listening to that. Our bodies speak to us. They, they do speak to us if we're listening. Sometimes they have to yell to get our attention. <laughs> but if we do take moments to listen, they will say, you know, I'm feeling this. Or do you, do you sense this here or here? This is uncomfortable. Or this is still bleeding. Or this is, you know, this breast is tender. Or, you know, whatever it is. Stop and pay attention and listen. Also recognize what is going on. You have a like you have a human attached to you almost all the time right now in this stage. Mm-hmm. And many women describe that feeling of being touched out uh, of just yes. there's so much t- touch on your body all the time. I think that some women's bodies almost feel overstimulated in that mm-hmm. way. Does that yeah. make sense? Completely, completely. And so then this is new. Right. So this is maybe new for you where you're always wanting to be kissed and touched and hugged and hold hands and cuddle and spoon. And now you're like, if everybody could just if everybody just doesn't touch me for like a solid hour, <laughs> this, this is what I need right now. And to be able to say that and say, because my body is overstimulated from so much touch, not I don't want to touch you. Right. See how the, see the difference? What a beautiful way to, yeah, what a beautiful way to bring that up. And then we can tie it back to giving ourselves the time for that arousal and, and, and changing that hat. So like, for example, if you are feeling that way, maybe you communicate with your partner, listen, I'm feeling touched out because of, you know, I feel like a machine, a milk machine or whatever it is. I feel like, you know, nonstop all day. So if you can take care of bedtime or however you navigate it, I'm going to go for walk around the neighborhood. I'm going to get some fresh air. I'm going to be alone for half hour, hour, whatever it is. I'm not going to be touched for that amount of time. I'm going to come home. I'm going to take a quick shower or I'm going to change my clothes or whatever. And then we, I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to put some music on. You know, it's like kind of setting the scene for giving yourself that space and creating the environment. It's, that's really cool to think about that way. Oh, Jessica, that's so important. Taking ownership of creating the setting and the scene that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Not looking to our partner to do it, 
Mm. Oh, I did that in my early years. Trust oh. me, <laughs> thinking, oh, he would just know. He would, he would, do, you know, and, or what I thought was arousing or the setting that I enjoyed would be the same for my partner. Right. And sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But giving ourselves permission to create what we need for our own senses to feel pleasure, that is gold. Oh, I love it so much. There's a couple questions that I just want to make sure someone said, why do I never feel in the mood, pregnant or not? We kind of touched on it, but I guess, is there anything else you would say to, to someone experiencing that? That's a big, that's a big question. And, and a question I always encourage women who say that because I hear that quite often is think about a sexual experience that was pleasurable for you. What was happening then? What, what was arousing you then? What was the context of what was going on? Can you actually figure out what that looked like and what that was? And is it possible to replicate that? That's one way. The other thing Mm. is, I think people need to remember their brains. We talked about your brain being your most, you know, your largest sex organ. But your brain has a dual control system. This could be a whole other podcast, I'm sure. But (laughs) it's your, your ons and your offs your accelerator and your brakes. If you never feel in the mood, it's figuring out what turns me on and how do I turn myself off? Mm -hmm. Esther Perel uses that question of how do I turn myself off? Because what we found is so often it's the offs, the things that turn you off, that override your on. Oh, yeah. So this That's is a big discussion, so cool. a really big discussion, but important. I mean, you could, there's there's great work on this now out there. Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, or, you know, there's a lot more about this dual control model now that people, people just don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. But important for us to, to be aware of, especially as we transfer through these times, because also depending on what's going on, we might, it might shift and adjust and... I'm so glad you said that because that's a huge point. A huge point is that we shift and change, whether Mm -hmm. it's pregnancy, postpartum, midlife, beyond becoming an empty nester, moving into your, you know, into aging, you know, Mm -hmm. we will change and shift. And so will our sexuality and what we enjoy and what worked for us one time may not work 10 years from now. What worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. And knowing that that's normal can really serve you through the seasons of your life. I just really want to encourage anyone listening. If you've heard like one or two or five things and you're just feeling a little overwhelmed, um, Mm -hmm. I would just encourage you to, to, you know, mark the episode or whatever it does to help you save the episode and just come, come back to it and think through one thing at a time. Oh, great so idea. Yeah. if you were struggling with with, you know, positions and then we, you heard something about that or if you were thinking about lubrication and you heard something about that, if we talked about ugh, your body and how you feel mm-hmm. about your body and you want to come back to that, just do one thing at a time. Just think through process one step at a time. What great advice. And definitely, I'm so glad that we split this up into two episodes because 
at least <laughs> the the pregnancy phase, the postpartum phase, at least you can consume that separately and you can go back to that separately. But even as you said, it's important for us to realize that within those big contexts, there are so many different aspects that we, you know, that, that we need to navigate and remember. And I think some of the things that I'm just going to love, you know, it might be important for people to go back and literally write down some of the words that you use to just communicate to your partner how you're feeling. And those are things that I love to take from from podcast episodes and things. It's like, how can I literally take this and, and, and use the verbiage? Because sometimes it is just all about communicating it in the right way so that people don't feel defensive or like it's about them or any of that. So Oh, 100%. And especially when it comes to sex, so many people don't have the language. Right. And so let's let's help each other. Let's give each Mm -hmm. other the language. And we can learn how to talk about sex with each other. It's a skill we can learn like anything else. And this time in people's lives is a perfect time. How can people learn more from you? Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me at my website. It's cindysharkey.com. Everything's there. I do have a little weird spelling with the last name. It's S-C-H-A-R-K-E-Y. I do have a podcast, too. It's called Permission for Pleasure. And you can meet us over there. We have lots of conversations about sex there Mm -hmm. and learning to really experience and just enjoy your sexuality and give yourself permission for pleasure. Thank you so much, Cindy. I feel like this is this is secretly, even though it's out there now, one of my favorite conversations to have just because it's one that isn't talked about enough and we need to mm. really, you know, have have the words, have the the mindset for it and, and give ourselves the opportunity to and, and the permission, like you say, to think about these things if we have the opportunity to beforehand. So I'm so grateful for you. Great to, great to meet you. I hope the content is, is what you want. I've learned I'm not for everyone, Jessica, but I am for some people. And I do I think, think you're for us. <laughs> the more you open the conversation, I'll be interested to see. I, I hope it serves your community well. There you have it, mamas. These two episodes were so important for us to hear and to start talking about this conversation around sex. It is not normal to experience pain, but it is normal to not know how to communicate with your partner or to not know how to navigate all your emotions during this time of change. Continue the conversation with us today by joining us in the free Facebook community, Mamas in Training. It's as simple as clicking on the link in the show notes. You can make a post today in the group, share how you might be feeling, and hear from other women how they've overcome the same exact emotions. You don't have to do this alone, and I cannot wait to meet you there. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.